Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. You have a plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your dream. Well, hello, play partners, and welcome to our sleigh. It's the power hour here on Star Style, be the star you are. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And you're listening to us on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, and we are celebrating... The holidays! So ring your bells, brew a hot cup of toddy or hot cup of tea, and join our spirited show. Our goal, as always, is to seed, stimulate, and support space for positive, meaningful conversations that will get you talking around the dinner table, because we are about heart and soul, designed to inspire, to motivate, and to encourage you to greatness. These are challenges we all face, and we can spur you on. So make sure you're always tuned to Star Style. We hope you discover your brilliance. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Operation Disaster Relief. Already over 30 cases of brand new books have been shipped to the tornado-ravaged Midwest to give the gift of hope to those who suffered. So please join Be The Star You Are and make your donation today. You can visit BeTheStarYouAre.org and click on Donate. And this miracle moment is from the film, How Do You Know? Don't do anything halfway unless you're willing to be half happy. And who wants to be half happy, especially at this time of year, right? 
Exactly. <laughs> Today we're going to get uh, some uh, inside tips from a celebrated casting director in our segment two of both stage and screen. It's Jen Rudin will be joining us. She's going uh, going to just give us tips on how to be successful and what goes on behind the scenes. You know, those secret casting sessions in the audition room. And in segment three, I'm going to talk about how we can save our forests. But right now... It's party time at Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And Heather and I want to celebrate Christmas with you and let the stars and the bells start ringing. So, you know, our songs, I'm not going to sing. I think, well, I could sing, but I'm not sure you would stay listening if I started singing. Sleigh bells ring, are you listening? (laughs) In my lane, there is no snow glistening, but I know it's a beautiful sight and we are happy tonight. And hopefully by Christmas, we will be walking in a winter wonderland. (laughs) No matter what your religion or your beliefs, December really is the time of year where everyone feels the joy that just seems to be floating through the air. People are kinder as we all look forward to celebrating festive days and evenings with loved ones. And in our family, Christmas has always been a huge, huge celebration that began the day after, uh, after Thanksgiving. And lasted until the 6th of January, which we call Three Wise Kings Day. And it's a time of giving, a time of hope, a time of delight in children. And Heather and I are just going to take a look at what we look forward to and what we're most grateful for and some of the traditions around Christmas. So, Heather, when you think of December and Christmas, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you? Well, yeah, you know, as you said, that um, I kind of feel every every family has various uh, traditions, and as the time has gone on, you know, growing up, um, for the most part, I only know and uh, was aware of my own, but I did have um, times that I celebrated things with friends and got kind of you know the the different things of what they do, and uh, and now as many of the families have gotten married and things have gone on, new traditions have started, old ones have faded, or. Or certain ones, you know, have, have gone the test of times, and as well as new traditions have started. But it, for me, you know, growing up, um, as it when we were younger, it used to be, um, as with many families are, that on Christmas Eve we celebrated it with my dad's side of the family, and on Christmas Day we celebrated it with my mother's side of the family. Um, but as years have gone on, and as people have aged, and sadly people have passed away, or families have you know, become new families and what, um, it's more become socialized around, uh, you know, Nani's side, the mother's side, my mother's side. And, um, and then in the last, uh, say, six years, um, that tradition was starting to get, you know, one year there was a very low turnout almost. And it was because many people were married and were having, you know, I think what uh, many people have to go through is that debate of, splitting up the time with the family and whether there's a side. Well, and the family had grown so much. We went from, you know, an original, there were seven people in the family to then, you know, 14 to then 20-something. And I don't know, now with the the grandkids that my mom has and great-grandkids, I think there's like almost 50 people. So it's pretty hard to schedule. Yeah, so things, you know, grow rather larger with, with that. Um, but no, and now in recent years, so that you know people could still see each other because um, the things that you know used to happen at nines, which is our grandmother, your mother, um, was always the best time. You know, it was the most special day, 
And there was so many you know, crazy nights when we watched through videos and all and Santa would come and the kids and the coloring contest. Um, and now it's just more, you know, more of a time of, of getting together because so many of, you know, the grandkids are married now. Um, what that means is now the aunts and uncles, the, the original children, that they are, grand, you know, they are the mothers and fathers that people go to. Or for some, in some of their cases, they are now grandmothers and grandfathers. So um, what that's happened so that we can still all have the celebration is we celebrate it two weeks earlier. We still have this big shindig where everyone gets together. And then that gives us stress-free that on Christmas there isn't that feeling of, oh, you know, I didn't participate in that one thing. So, um, and then you and know, I think that's Christmas. a really good idea for families as they grow to, you know, kind of spread it out. Because as you were saying, some of the stress of Christmas um, – or the holidays, besides all the gift-giving and that, is the fact that you have to see so many relatives. Or, you know, when you've gotten married into a family, and this family says, oh, you have to spend this day with me, etc. So if you can spread it out, you spread the cheer. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, when it gets down to it, um, you know, I remember, you know, as a kid, I would always have my wish list and, you know, all the things, and it would go on and all the things I wanted. And then as you start getting older, it's funny how when you're a kid, the last thing you want is clothes. You're like, I want toys, toys, toys. And then when you become a teenager, it's like, I want clothes, clothes, clothes. And then as you become uh, a young adult, you're like, I just want money. That's it. Nothing else. And then as you come to my age, all the best thing is all the, the privilege that I'm able to take time off from work to get to see my family because we are all over the state. Uh, I, you know, don't consume it. So for me, the biggest gift, and especially after getting married and I feel our house is busting at the seams of all, you know, all the gifts we don't even use, uh, there's nothing, um, monetary or, you know, a false kind of idle thing that I want. That the best thing is to get to see your family and to create those new memories, to create those new traditions. And, and you know, with- I think you hit on something big, and that is when you become an adult. It really, really does become all about family, friends, and loved ones as opposed to the commercial aspect of, you know, of what children we're always asking about is, you know, and having that they, the kids want Santa to come or now it's more about being together, you know, going to uh, church together or the service or having a meal or creating your own family traditions and one of our family traditions that I love is that every year we watch the funny videos of the kids when they were little I think it's just you know and I think that's I think that's so special and I think you know especially you know we for for the last four years we've been saying during these tough economic times which it still is you know the times are turning up but they're still not you know in this plentiful thing that we were before I think people experience uh, an overwhelming amount of stress during the holidays. Um, and then that's also, you know, statistically, when people uh, accumulate one of the largest amounts of debt on their credit cards because people feel this need, you know, to provide, to, to, to give gifts, to, to do things uh, for people. And, you know, it's a very stressful time thinking, oh, gosh, if I don't come without a gift, if I, I do this. And when it really comes down to it is that's I, – I feel – you know, we've commercialized it. It really takes away. It's this time, it's the same thing with Thanksgiving or any kind of holidays. It's a time to be with family. It's a time to be thankful. Um, in this last month, uh, there's been uh, multiple people that we've known from our past, my husband and I, 
um, younger than us that via from high schools up that uh, were killed in tragic accidents. And if these shocking things, and you always feel, I think, any time someone is taken um, before their time, but especially during the holidays, I think yeah, it's, it's so always a, a, a blind side. Um, and, it makes and, you me, know, you know, that makes you really realize the meaning. I mean, I have a funeral to go to tomorrow morning, and I'm exactly. it, and that happens suddenly, and I'm I'm so sad about it. And I think what what you're saying is so critical, and not to take away from the festive feeling, but... The most important thing that we have to remember all the time is to be grateful for the time that we have now. Yeah. And so I it's think, living you know, in I, the moment. I think that's completely, you know, the biggest thing. As all, you know, as, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, it's a time, but to always, you know, to be thankful to always kind of share that loving feeling um, towards friends and family. And, you know, and as you're saying, for us, um, I think for me, better than, you know, it's, Something when people look back, it's a rarity that people remember a particular gift, you know, unless it was, you know, something, you know, there are those, there's certain, there's certain little things that, you know, I remember when I got this, but more people remember the moments, the memories, the traditions. Uh, and sometimes those gifts were part, became part of this huge memory and became part of a tradition in some way. But as you know, you're saying that for us, I mean, it's, Slowly that now, as your children are married and into their 30s, um, that, you know, it's, it's gone away from more of the Christmas things, which Santa still comes and makes a big mess of the house every year. You know, it, uh, that, you know that was something for us that now it's, it's more of the joke, but it's very important. You know, if, if Santa didn't come, we'd be upset less of what he brought, just more of what the mess he's made downstairs. Um, for us, you know, now it, 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 we would always do uh, this big season dinner and watch these crazy old movies, you know, and now we're up in Tahoe uh, where my brother and my sister-in-law live. And so it's, it's things have gone that, you know, now it, our tradition has become going to Tahoe and that we still do the movies and we dress up. And, and a next day tradition um, when we do have, you know, the, the gift, the wonderfulness of, to get to stay up there a little longer that we make this homemade uh, spike cider and we go around to all the neighbors in our neighborhood because one of the wonderful things of when you live in Tahoe and you live in smaller, you get to know all of your neighbors, which I think is a wonderful thing that is a rarity in today's world. It doesn't um, happen I mean, in the cities very much because, you know, you can't really know your neighbors. And I think the, the critical thing about any holiday, no matter uh, what you celebrate or what religion you are, is just to always remember the magic in the moment and to believe, to believe in the magic, to believe in the miracles, to believe in the excitement of the time and to just love and cherish Family, and that's what a party is all about. That's what the, the holidays are all about. No matter what, it's being together and being grateful and being happy because that is the state that we we all strive to be in. And this is the time of year that we get to do it. So, well, Heather, we're out of time as we always as are. Always. Well, the biggest, happiest of holidays and happy new year to everyone, whether. Uh, what your holiday may be. Uh, for more information about our show, about donating, you still have a little bit more time before uh, tax season. So if you want to get that 2013 tax write-off and donate to us, go to BeTheStarYouAre.com as well as BeTheStarYouAre.org.
And just keep in mind that right now, a Be The Star You Are charity is donating uh, to the Operation Disaster Relief to make sure to get a gift to all the children who were um, that were devastated in these last tornadoes in the Midwest. And so far, several thousand um, gifts have been sent through the charity. Again, bethestarur.org is uh, the donation site. So when we come back from break, we are going to have a real treat. We're going to get a behind-the-scenes peek at how casting works with award-winning casting director Jen Rudin. We want you to stay with us. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And you're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Don't go away. We'll be back in a jingle. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you a teenager with lots to say, but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program, Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel. And join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a change maker when you dare to care by supporting Be The Star You Are charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. BeTheStarYouAre.org We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Be the star you are, you are the star. Pump up your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, hosted by the passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Find all you need in a light that shines. We know you have a plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. And there's always detours, and that's where we come in right here every week, bringing you the authors, the experts, and the books that inspire, entertain, and motivate you. We want to help you ignite your power and shoot for the stars. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and you're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Thank you so much for staying with us. Well, whenever anyone learns that I'm in the entertainment industry, I am immediately get an ear filled with all their hopes and dreams of being an actor. But show business is just that. It's a business. It's not a hobby. And it's definitely not for the weak-hearted or those who are discouraged easily. After a successful life as a child actor, Jen traded the spotlight to move to the casting room where she is cast for Broadway hits like The Lion King, Mary Poppins, The Little Mermaid, to favorite Disney movies like The Incredibles, The Princess and the Frog, Brother Bear, and many more. 
She has reduced her 30 years of experience to 219 information-packed pages on her first book, Confessions of a Casting Director. Welcome, Jen, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here, Cynthia. Well, I am so happy that you are here. This is like a favorite topic of mine, and your book is just an incredible, great Bible to help actors land their roles. Now, I want to start kind of at the beginning, because I told you quickly off the air that from the first words of your dedication to your parents, thanking them for their support, you hooked me, girl. I, I, I was hooked. I mean, it's obvious your family is amazing and that everyone was enriched by what you were doing. But tell us about your obsession with the Brady Bunch and all those little plays that you used to put on and how you even contacted them because you just knew that this was going to be your life. Yeah, so I grew up in New York City in the late 70s and in the 80s, and my sister and I were absolutely obsessed with the Brady Bunch, so much so that I would make my hair like Cindy's, and my sister would straighten her hair like Jan's, and then another night I'd pretend to be Jan and she'd be Marsha. It was only when my parents told me that the show was actually in syndication that my heart was broken, and I then transferred my next passion to Little House on the Prairie and Annie, and I desperately... (laughs) desperately wanted to be an actress. Uh, luckily for me, growing up in New York City, it was almost in my backyard, even though I didn't have one. And I was able to start auditioning professionally at age eight. And I continued to audition and work as a young professional actress from age eight to 17. So I have been an actor and I saw and experienced all of the passion and the pain and the excitement and the possibility that could all happen within a very short period of time um, and then made a quick decision when I was 12 that auditioning was not going to be something I could stomach and I wanted to actually become a casting director. Well, you know, you just brought up a great point here and you said that you realized that auditioning wasn't something that you could stomach and I think that comes as a shock to most people when they learn that as actors... Until you get on, you know, become a series regular or you're on a Broadway play or, you know, something that's running for a while, basically actors are interviewing every single day. That's what an audition is. It's very rare that somebody just picks up the phone and says you've got it unless they know your talent. So Right. I mean, if you're a star like Reese Witherspoon or Natalie Portman, obviously you're not auditioning anymore. But what we forget is that actors are going on auditions every day, sometimes multiple times a day. Nobody is paying them to go on these auditions. And so in a sense, they're constantly at these job interviews and being judged, if you will, or being assessed for their talent. And then they have to get on and go to the next audition. So sometimes, you know, we forget that because we, we, we forget forget that every single day you are pounding the pavement trying to be a professional actor and nobody, again, nobody's paying you to go to an audition. So you really have to think of each one as an opportunity, give it your best, be your best possible actor that you can be that day and then be able to somehow leave that audition room and get on with things and try if you can to forget about the audition. And right. And that's that. what I was going to just say is once you walk out that door, you know, and walk down the street, you really just have to move on. And because we, you can't replay history. We're speaking with Jen Rudin. She is the author of Confessions of a Casting Director. This is a book. It's to help actors land any role. And she is sharing her inside secrets from the audition room now. 
now. She's an award-winning casting director. And before we get to more of your experiences, both, you know, from your acting days to now using them in the casting session, you are a member and a proud member of the Casting Society of America. Will you tell our listeners what that actually means? Because there are casting directors and then there are casting directors who are members of the Casting Society of America. Sure. So nobody really knows what a casting director does. If you ask somebody on the street, they'll maybe call them a casting agent. Uh, nobody's quite clear. The Casting Society of America was formed. It's sort of a membership club for casting directors to trade information, be able to support each other, ask important questions, and um, liaison and network with each other. And if you go to a movie and you see the credits saying casting by Jen Rudin, comma, CSA, that's what it is. It's the Casting Society of America. Because there is no Academy Award for casting directors, we have our own awards every year in different categories. I've won two, been nominated for four. And we're trying to get, obviously, much more recognition these days because in the olden days, producers, secretaries at the uh, film studios were the ones that scheduled the actors and looked at the actors' contracts and, and figured out who was going to be in what movie. So it's it's a fairly new career in the past, I'd say, 50 years that has become established, but unfortunately we don't, we, we don't have that recognition of an Academy Award like, you know, the cinematographer and the, um, the costume designer. So, well, I think uh, it's that's time why the that you do born. have to get it. Maybe you'll get one at the SAG Awards because. One would hope. One would hope. It, it's seriously, because Jen, because casting <laughs> is key to everything. Now, speaking Absolutely. of casting, you've had many successes where you have brought in someone who you felt was absolutely perfect for the role, but yet it had to go through months, perhaps, of agonizing mm-hmm. trials with bringing in everybody else just to go back to that first one. What does it feel like? Do you get a gut instinct when you first meet someone? Because what a casting director is having to do is you're having to look at the script and pull it apart and try to actually read the writers, the directors, the producers' minds to find out what they're looking for. And often you don't even know what you're looking for until that person brings it to life. So it's true. What and there's you, no, how much you know, do your instincts There's play? no formula for casting. Some, sometimes it's easy, and sometimes it's this massive puzzle that goes on and on and on. It also depends on how much time you have to cast the project. So, for instance, a great casting story is when I worked on The Princess and the Frog at Disney. It was greenlit, which means it got the go-ahead to be going into production. This was going to be Disney's first African-American princess um, animated film, and it was also going to be back to the hand-drawn traditional animation and a movie musical, which was really what Disney does best. So, for example, we started casting the movie in November of 2006. And we didn't finalize the casting until about April of 2007. So during that process, we started interviewing and auditioning actresses in Los Angeles and New Orleans, since that's where the movie took place, and in New York and Chicago. And I kid you not, Cynthia, the very first actress that I brought in, Anika Noni Rose, is the one that ultimately got the role. But she had to wait seven months. We had to go through a crazy process. She was in the Dreamgirls movie but Jennifer Hudson walked away with all of the awards. And finally, at the end of the day, after uh, auditioning Alicia Keys and Jennifer Hudson and Tyra Banks, Anika got the part. Now, if I had sort of shoved that opinion in my producer's 
uh, brains and said, you absolutely have to hire her, even though I knew she was best for the role, they wouldn't have listened to me because you want to ultimately have your director feel that they have made the decision and that they're comfortable with the actor that you're hiring. But I, I love this story because Anika got the part. She was the most qualified in terms of doing the acting and the singing. And um, But it wasn't an overnight story. It, it, it was a long process of, uh, of waiting. Well, what I loved also about that story, and when I read this in your book, again, for those of you just joining us, we are speaking with Jen Rudin. Her book is Confessions of a Casting Director, and she's talking about how she was casting The Princess and the Frog and the many months that it took to uh, to get this cast. But what I loved about it is that Anika actually gave an interview for People Magazine saying that... After she had signed uh, for Caroline or the Change CD, that you had mentioned to her if you ever had a role for an African-American princess, she would be perfect. And That's right. And I, you know what I love about it, Jen? It's like you said that to her, and yet when it came about a few years later, you didn't forget about her. And to me, that shows so much integrity. And that, I love people in any profession who walk their talk. So you said this to her, she remembered it, and you did it. And then the fact that she actually got it, I I was like, I read this, and I had goosebumps all over. I was like, this is yay, way to go, Jen. And, and I love me, all the pictures that you have in the Because not, not every day is a fun day like that to get to make those phone calls. That's, yeah. that's, the glory, that's the glory part of casting. The rest of it's a lot of hard work, scouring the, you know, looking, looking at, at auditions and conducting auditions and digging, digging, digging until you find the right person to, to populate the world of the movie or the, uh, the TV show. Well, something I wanted to bring up, too, is that casting directors and the casting process you really are rooting for the actor. You want them to book the job because as soon as that person is booked, you know, that's made your life a lot easier. Do you find that a lot of the talent that come in are fearful or are, you know, are not being themselves? Because the most important thing we can be in life is to be authentic, you know, and to be ourselves. And then, of course, to, to be extremely prepared and then to create the role. Um, the way, you know, make solid choices and to make, create a role, not try to be what the casting director or what we think the casting director wants us to be. What has your experience been with talent and their view of the whole casting process? Well, most of the time, the whole reason why I wanted to write this book was because I just saw, I've seen a lot of actors over the years come in and make some some very basic mistakes in the audition room, and I thought to myself, if I could just explain to them that they're wearing the wrong dress, they sang uh, an inappropriate song, they were 25 minutes late, they weren't prepared, these basic tips and tricks might actually help them the next time they go to an audition. So I started keeping notes in 2009 and outlining different chapters when I was still on staff at Disney Theatrical, Um, because I felt like a lot of actors were just doing the same mistakes over and over and over again. One of the main mistakes, as you had just mentioned, Cynthia, is not being prepared. And so one of the the tricks I offer, tips in the book, is to really make a set schedule. So if you have an audition Tuesday at 4 o'clock, you have to work yourself backwards (laughs) to the moment that you get this phone call and figure out, what am I wearing? When am I going to be prepared? How am I getting to the audition? Who's going to take care of my children when I 
can't pick them up from school that day, and then getting to work on the audition script. And so you have to kind of drop whatever else you had planned and really make that audition your first priority. Now, this is, of course, easier said than done because life is complicated and we can't always find that time. But most actors, the basic, the basic mistakes were just about general preparation and well, having a semblance too, it, it gets, of a, what you're doing. Well, it gets back to what we were talking about at the beginning. This is a business, and it needs mm-hmm. to be approached as a business. And when you have a 2 o'clock call time, it doesn't mean that you show up at 2. It means you are you are ready at two. You're camera ready. You are prepared. You've got the, you know, you've got your lines down. Uh, if you didn't have a script, there's no excuses, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And sure, because so, if you're calling yourself a professional actor, just like I call myself a professional casting director, you've got to be a professional. And that means right. showing up with your life in some, some order right, as best right. you can on that day. And you have to prepare and for, you know, the traffic jams. And yep. like you said, you know, you get caught in the tunnel or, the, or you know, the, the metro may stop. Or if you're driving, your car may run out of gas. You have to have all those things. And, you know, as an actor for wardrobe, if you have to bring wardrobe, maybe you just need to be more organized. Organize your closet so that you wear the certain audition dress, you know, over and over, the one that you, that we wins. And you actually talk about this. And that gets me to a question because I love this. You wrote it several times. Your purple glasses, they were your best calling card. It was like <laughs> that you actually got that role written for you on Sesame Street. We, yeah. You know, Jennifer with glasses, these purple glasses. So uh, this was something that sets you apart. How do you look at, you know, talent that comes in and they have those purple glasses or they have something that just says, you know, this is who I am and I'm different and I'm proud of it. Well, you definitely want to, you, you can only come in as yourself, and you, I've always enjoyed, certainly when I do a lot of children's casting, I always love the kids who come in and who are really unique. I love, every time I meet an 11-year-old girl with glasses who's blonde, I always say, oh, you remind me of me when I was your age. I don't love kids who come in and put on um, fake glasses or put on, you know, uh, something that's not real. You, you can only be yourself. And unfortunately, that means you can't lie about, you know, hair, weight, age, height, and all those things. But yeah, you, you, you want to be yourself and you want to be unique. But if it, if it, call, if the role specifically calls for, you know, something that, that you, a, t- a different time period, you need to come in and wear a suggestion of something that would be from the 1940s. But in general, you're going to be yourself in that audition, just you, the actor in a, in a situation with the script. So, you know, you can't, you just have to be yourself and, and hope for the best and realize when you, if you don't get the part that it really had nothing to do with you. It's a, it's a bunch of other factors at hand. And sometimes it does come down to hair color or not having the right soprano notes, but you have to remember that that's, those are things that you can't control. Yeah, and those are all such great points. We're speaking with Jan Rudin. She is the author of the new book, Confessions of a Casting Director. She is an award-winning casting director, has worked with Disney. She has her own company, uh, Jan Rudin Casting, and she does cast all over the United States. Her uh, website is uh, jenrudin.com. But I want to get back to, you know, being yourself because I think it is so critical. And there's so many acting classes out there, and I notice this a lot for children, where they take them and they come out like robots. And that, to me, is just, 
is just a travesty because kids are so naturally wonderful. I mean, I love the story in there of the of the child that goes in, and as soon as they meet the casting director, they feel he he feels like he's best friends and wants to know if he's going to be invited or maybe it was a she to her uh, birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That was a cute story. You know, it kids, have it e- story. kids have it easier than adults for sure because they can just yes. come in and be themselves. They yes, absolutely. I'm, we won't ask if we can time. be invited to the party. <laughs> but a grown up can't get away with that. <laughs> no. 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 Well, the, in terms but, of the coaching, Cynthia, it's like, you know, you want your kid to go, you want your, your child to be, or, or a grown up actor to be a good reader and able to make sense of the script. So if you have an acting coach that, keeps it very real and natural and helps you figure out what's happening in the scene, that's okay. But I, I hate robotic, mechanical kids who feel manufactured because that's not most of the time what you're looking for when you're hiring a, a child actor. You want them to be charismatic and spontaneous and, and themselves, but also be able to be disciplined enough to be on the set or do eight performances a week. But manufactured, it just doesn't work. Unless, it's just, I always prefer natural kids who read books and do interesting things rather than these little, you know, little adults in, in kids' clothing. Right. You know, and I think, too, it's so important that um, you made a great point in your book about reading aloud for 15 minutes every day. And whether yes. you're a child or an adult, it's going to just help you if you read out loud. Because it's shocking how many people readings. have come in and, and I give them something else to read a different role and they, they're not, they're just not quick on their feet. And it's hard for parents because I think if parents always think their children are so perfect, but I've often, I stress so much to parents when I teach my audition workshops, it's so important to read out loud, stop playing video games and read out loud from the phone book, the dictionary, the newspaper. And you'd be shocked. It's, it's almost like I'm asking them to do something, you know, completely <laughs> foreign, yeah. but it just keeps them on their toes and quick thinking. And we want to hire actors of any age who are smart and fast and able to go with the flow and work under pressure. We can't, there's no time to be dealing with somebody who can't get through the script. There's just no time. And there's, there's going to be another actor who's hireable and ready for the job. Well, and that's always the thing. There's always somebody else in line. So if yep. you're not going to be the most professional and the most prepared that you possibly can be, there is somebody out there who who will be. Now, getting is, to classes yeah. and workshops, you know, there's um, in the book, Confessions of a Casting Director, that Jen has written, she has many stories, which I really love, because she has stories from vocal coaches and from agents and from talent, and and then, of course, all her own um, little tips that she puts in here, and she has audition do's and don'ts, and just lots and lots of of information But you do have something from an actor in there that actually met you when you were teaching a workshop in Boulder, Colorado. And it was, uh, she was going to, I mean, she just went to a workshop and you actually brought her in for an audition. I think it was Mary Poppins, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh And she ended up booking it. And to me, that was a great, a great example of how important it is to take workshops, to take these kinds of classes, because if you meet somebody and you catch their eye in some way, shape, or form, you never know what's going to happen. And that's a lot of what's missing today is the face-to-face contact with when we have so much on the Internet. Could you speak to that just a little bit, Jen, from your experience? Because now we have, there's auditions on Skype. How 
how do you do, you do auditions on Skype? How do they compare to bring a person in and actually seeing them, you know, and getting a feel for them? Sure. I mean, obviously, technology is playing a huge role in the ability to self-tape at home and auditions. You can be in your basement in Minneapolis, and you can send your audition to New York. I always... I'm happy to watch auditions from around the country, but I always urge people to get on an airplane and come for a callback to meet face-to-face because there's nothing that's ever going to be as great as walking into a room and meeting everybody and connecting there and, and shining and showing your personality. So I'm a, I'm a huge advocate for in-person auditions as much as possible and only referring to Skype if I have to give some directions. But I, I would never uh, – it's not – it's it's – you can see talent, whether it's it's through Skype or some other videotape, but if you have an opportunity to actually get to an audition in person, I'm a bigger advocate of, of networking and showing up and meeting people face-to-face for sure. And today with all the reality sh- there, is how is that affecting your casting work? Are you finding new people? Uh, tell us Tell us more about... The whole reality, you know, in well, reality shows some. Some it's it's a very fast way to become famous. Uh, some actors do that in order to to get a big break. Um, there was a period where we were having many more reality shows on on TV than scripted shows. But I do think I have a whole. It's such a huge topic. We we put a whole chapter on reality in YouTube and webisodes. It's not. Um, it's not a substitute for acting classes or generating film work, but some reality shows, if, if, if you're really right for the show that's casting, then go for it, but don't just uh, submit yourself for reality shows just to, just to get your name out there. So, you know, if it's, if it's really something that you're interested in, but also keep in mind that your whole life will change with reality shows. They, they are scripted to a certain extent. They do have an order of what they want to happen during the season, and you are going to have a, a real invasion of privacy uh, if you are on one and you, you're basically signing your life away um, to this show. So I'm always very cautious if anyone is interested in getting into a reality show. Tread carefully and please read the chapter. Right, uh, the, and that's what you the, said in Confessions of a Casting Director. And the thing is, is once it's out there, in, you know, it goes viral, whether it's on the Internet or it's a reality show. It's there forever. So you're not you going to be able to, to take bring it back, back, so. take it back. Booking, and as book- you said, you know, everything is really in the editing. So they can take a really good person and make you look like the diva and, you know, it, when it's edited out. So it, you have to be very, very cautious about it. Well, but- Jen's book is absolutely filled with everything you need to know to be successful on an audition and it has everything from agents and managers to you know how much it's going to cost to get going and it's not inexpensive people always think they can get discovered but you might be (laughs) discovered but it's still going to come out of your pocket the the book is available on amazon through HarperCollins, or simply by going to www.jenrudin.com j-e-n-r-u-d-i-n.com and i have all the different buy buttons there it just uh hit the stands yesterday and so this is the chance to get your book and (laughs) enjoy it's it's and i really want to endorse it and just say how fantastic this book is because besides all the stories that are in there and Jen's firsthand experience from both being in front of the camera and behind the camera and she has lots and lots of pictures and uh, she shows you how to write the, the correct resume plus she gives you 
buttons and websites and everything you really need to be successful. So you have accomplished your goal of writing a really, really helpful book, Jen. It's, Thank you It's just so been a pleasure to read it. It's so jam-packed with great information that this needs to be in every actor's <laughs> satchel and take the book with you. So go to jenruden.com. The name of the book is Confessions of a Casting Director, and you will absolutely uh, love the book. And again, congratulations on everything that you've done. And I'm, uh, are you still wearing purple glasses? I didn't mm. see any. No yes, purple. yes, I am. Look at the back of the book and you'll see the photo. Oh, is it? Well, I, I see the photo. I, it looked, they looked brown, but they're still purple. <laughs> I yeah. love it because purple is my favorite color. So, <laughs> I think, so much. It was I think that's the way. Purple and red colors. So this is really great. Well, Jen, it's been wonderful speaking with you. I know you're very busy, so thank you for taking the time to uh, chat with us here on my Star pleasure. Style. Be the star thank you are, you so and please okay. go out and get a copy of Confessions of a Casting <laughs> Director. And there's a great chapter for parents in there. There's so much you need to know if you're going to be a parent. And the wonderful thing on this book, it also talks about stage auditions as well as film commercials, television. We've got so it you get both covered. sides of it. So, Jen, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. It was great. And have a great holiday season. And you Take too. Care. Happy holidays. Okay. And we wish Thanks. you a successful new year. And, and hopefully one of these days I'll catch up with you face-to-face. Face. So. Please do. Okay. <laughs> we, thanks so much, We love guys. these face-to-face. Face. Jen Rudin, Bye. Confessions of a Casting Director. You're listening to Cynthia Brown, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're going into the forest when we come back. Stay with me. Be the star you are. The star you are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. When you are talking to people, start asking questions. Look for ways to better understand the groups and challenges. Find connections between you and others. Make the conversations and questions about them. Doing this will very likely lead to people interested in sharing and in building relationships. Beyond this basic premise, apply what you already know about building relationships. People want to be led by people trust, so be trustworthy. People want to be listened to and value. Talk less, listen more, ask more, assert less, and let them know that building a strong working relationship is important to you, and they will likely reciprocate. Don't worry about seniority, rank, politics, or being cautious. Go do what you already know works. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, call 925-377-STAR or visit star-style.com. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature Star Style consultations. With personalized sessions by phone or in person, you'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925 377 
1-800-273-8827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. You can be the star you are. Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be the Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Be the star you are. You are the star. Plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in a The secret to every success lies not in what or even who you know, but clearly seeing where you want to go. Here at Star Style, Be the Star You Are, we believe you have the power to have it all. And we intend to help you get going in the right direction and keep going. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and you are listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Well, we're going to talk about the forest's future because it really is in our hands. This past summer, there was the Rim Fire that was in Yosemite Valley. And although fire is now fading from public consciousness, it left a scar on a part of the Sierra Nevada that many of us hold very dear. So how do you move forward to restore a vital watershed? And what lessons can we learn for the future? There's been mega droughts throughout the past several thousand years, and they are associated with wildfire events that are much more extensive than anything that we've seen over this past century. And in the Sierra, the rain started in the fall. There was a little bit of rain, and then the healing had begun. So with with some rain, the forests start to return. But regeneration is nature's process. And if you were to drive through Yellowstone National Park, the consequences of the massive 1988 wildfire will remain apparent on the landscape. It's going to take several more decades for those trees to recover, and we're going to expect a slow recovery in the Yosemite Valley for that rim fire as well, but mostly because some of the high-intensity burn areas are large and they're far from seed sources. And the sad part is, is that most of us who are living today will probably never see a mature forest in those parts during our lifetime. And as long as the ground is bare, there's a huge risk of landslides on steep slopes. And forests, you know, they soak up water, and then the stream flow will increase, escalating flood risks for coming years. Recovery is going to take decades in severely burned areas. And in contrast, the low-severity burn areas, they could look normal within a few years because the herbaceous understory plants, they do recover quickly. Now, there are species that specialize in young forests, and we should look with, um, with kind of excitement for recovering forests over the coming years with the knowledge that fire on balance is maintaining the biological diversity and integrity of our mountains. Now, through recent forest management practices, that we have uh, 
boxed ourselves into a future of increasing frequent and hot wildfires. There's a lot we can do to reduce that risk and to assist the recovery of the forests and our watersheds. Our federal agencies have formed a burned area emergency response team, and there are more than 50 federal resource managers and scientists that evaluate what remediation measures are needed and how to prioritize them. But the question is, what kind of Sierra and recovery are we aiming toward? Historically, deforested areas are replanted with the same species using local sources. As climate changes, this might not be a successful strategy for ecosystem restoration. Further, federal budget cuts have resulted in great difficulty financing replanting on a broad scale, and the agencies just need to be strategic about where and what to plant. Now, what's happening in Canada is foresters are planting more heat-tolerant mixtures of plant populations and species to build forests resilient to climate change. And how far should our public agencies go in modifying the forest composition to create the ecosystems ready for the changing climates? If we look at projected climates, there are places ravaged by fire where forests will be naturally replaced with chaparral and with grasslands. So favoring management to prioritize historical conditions and wildlife values or to minimize future fire risks, it's a social choice. Our agencies have to make these decisions and they have to make them now. But we need to understand the issues and consider what we choose our ecosystems to be because they're going to be increasingly in the public debate. And the Forest Service and National Park Service funds, you know, that's critical to have them. But what is the true cost of a fire? For example, in this Rim Fire, no lives were lost, but it did cost $121 million to contain 402 square miles that were burned and about 115 square miles on devastated forest. The fire gained some notoriety because it was threatening some water sources. But what's interesting is that these mountains have experienced fire for thousands and the ecosystems adapted to it. And the Rim Fire was one of about 6,000 fires in California in the year 2013, which turned out to be not exceptional at all because in 2007 and 2008, there were roughly three times as many acres burned. So it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting debate. So our force losses are also partly a function of our failure to reduce fire hazards on private property. And in the room fire, it was sparked by a hunter. But fires get larger in wilderness because fire crews have to fight in high risk situations, protecting people and buildings. And the consequence is an exposed ecosystem and a bigger fire. So those living in the watersheds burned, they're going to face landslides, you know, or flood risks as a consequence. And those who depend on the water from reservoirs that are in the area, they may have to start evaluating their risk because uh, we don't know. You know, human safety comes first, but we need to consider the cost of firefighting and how to share the cost among those who benefit from it. So the next time you take a walk in the woods, think about the future of the forest. Consider how long it has been there 
and what our ecosystem can sustain and how we can protect it. So it's so critical because at this time of year, as we are all getting our Christmas trees, it makes us think a little bit more about where that the seed for that tree was grown and how it came to be because even from the Christmas tree farms, they had to start in the forest. So let's protect our forests and as a result, we are going to protect our holidays. Well, I want to thank you all for being with me today and always being great listeners. Make sure you're tuned to, to the Empowerment Channel here on Voice America every Wednesday from 4 to 5 with me, Cynthia Bryan. I love being your personal growth success coach. And I love bringing you the authors that offer great advice, just like Jen Rudin did today with her confessions of a casting director, because you can change your life and you can make your dreams come true. For more information about Star Style Productions or to purchase any of my books, visit StarStyleProductions.com or you can go to StarStyleRadio.com and click on the store. If you'd like to make a donation to the charity, it is the end of the year and you can get a tax, donation, a tax deduction. Be the Star You Are nonprofit brings these programs to enlighten and inspire you. And it is a 501c3 dedicated to uh, positive messages. So go to be the star you are.org. And if you want to um, send a check, you can send it to P.O. Box 376, Moraga, M-O-R-A-G-A, California, 94556. So our aim is always to inspire, inform, amuse, motivate, encourage. We want you to see beyond your physical being and know that you are already a star. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment as if every day is Christmas. And read a book this week. A book is like a garden in your pocket. And if you're interested in the entertainment industry, I highly recommend Confessions of a Casting Director. It is really wonderful. So until we celebrate again next week, we want you to remember that love always wins, kindness always and smiles keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Have a blessed holiday holiday season. (laughs) Enjoy it all. Merry Christmas and ho, ho, ho. And let those sleigh bells ring. Be the star you are. The star you It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.